Welcome to About a Dog. We're going to do a little change up a little bit. Uh, Michael had this great idea to do something called uh, Raw Bits. And it's just certain opinions and views that we may have. And again, these are just our opinions. I'm going to go ahead and do the first one. Michael's at work. But a lot of these are just kind of poignant for the time and what's going on and what we're seeing in the dog community and things like that. So, the first one that I want to do is about service dogs. Now, I have a service dog. He's a Hamilton Stobar. His name's Rolo. Um, and he's owner trained. That doesn't mean that it's good thing, bad thing, what have you. Owner trained service dogs do provide a point and purpose. And the concept that people are faking service dogs is despicable. It's horrible. It's awful. And it really puts things at risk for owner-trained service dogs and their people that need them, like myself, because in order for me to go through an organization, it would cost thousands of dollars. It would basically require me to, ex to disclose certain medical information and then have another organization judge me and based on that judgment, determine whether I am suitable for a service dog. And that's something that I'm not comfortable with. Because to me, in my mind, no company should have the right to judge whether I get a service dog. That's between myself and my doctor. And so what Rolo does for me is multifaceted. He helps balance me, especially when I'm shopping. And I need to bend down. My ankles are very weak due to my club foot issue. He also helps to alert me as to when I need to sit down and take a break so that I am not on my feet all the time. And he also helps to balance and make sure that I am using him sort of as like a furry cane from time to time. Now that was his original purpose. What developed afterward is just a happy happenstance. So he intuitively picked up on certain psychological things because I do have anxiety and um, I need to have a certain kind of space bubble around me and it's really helpful and it's really beneficial. Um, he knows that and he will help body block me. He'll make sure that nobody comes up from behind me and startles me and he will just make sure that there's a nice comfortable space between myself and other people He'll also pick up on my moods to make sure that if I'm having any sort of panic attack or whatever, he provides a distraction to make sure that the panic attack is never too severe. Now, he also will do a trained task called deep pressure therapy. This happens in the extreme situation that if I were to have a panic attack, he puts pressure on me to help keep me grounded and understand where I am, what's going on, and make sure that I do not disassociate. Disassociation is something that can happen with extreme panic attacks, and they are classified as a medical emergency. So this is why you should never, ever, 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 ever interrupt a service dog. Do not make kissy faces at them. Do not ask to pet them. Do not say what a good boy or girl they are. Do not go, oh, how cute. No, you do not disturb or interrupt a service dog, period. 
You wouldn't do that to a wheelchair or a cane, so don't do it to a medical device that just happens to have four legs and goes woof. Just don't do it, because it can be something so severe that is going on that distracts that service dog from doing their job. And their job is vitally important. Because if a panic attack occurs with me, and it is something that I disassociate, I need Rolo there to make sure that I'm safe. That I am not going to forget who I am, what I'm doing, and where I am, most importantly. There have been times, and I'm going to be very blunt and frank about this, there are times that I actually have disassociated, gone out driving, and only two hours later wondered where the hell I am. That's not appropriate. And that is not something that anybody should deal with. And there are times where he can be there to help keep me grounded to make sure that I do not disassociate. So, with that said, here's some raw tidbits. Um, If you are owner training and it is not a traditional breed like a Golden, Lab, or German Shepherd, avoid the Facebook groups. The Facebook groups, generally, you would think that they would be a positive source of information to help you learn and help you understand and where everybody has your back and is very cheerful and rah-rah and yay, go get them, I know you can do it. Uh Uh-uh. The service dog groups, the majority of them on Facebook are very, very, very particular. They do not like it if someone who does not have a lab golden, German Shepherd, I mean, even Doberman or Doodle, they do not like it if you have something that is not considered to be a traditional breed. I don't have one. It works for me. It's wonderful for me. Without him, I don't know what I would do. Now, when I recommend breeds to people, some people will get pissed off because I have a hound. And I think hounds are great service dogs, but I always preface it, always, with the caveat that you go do your research and find a responsibly bred hound if you want a hound as a service dog. Do not go to a shelter and get a hound and think it's going to be your service dog. Most set hounds in shelters have been through an unbelievable level of trauma and need a level of rehab work that is not something that a service dog handler needs It is not something that you want. If you want to get a hound from a shelter, go for it. But just realize these dogs have their quirks, they have their personalities, and they have been through a lot. Many of the older ones have been dumped, have been living on the streets, and are so food motivated that they don't know what to do because that is what helped them survive. So it does take a lot of rehab and rehabilitation. So with that, I would definitely rule out a lot of rescue hounds for service dog work. That does not mean that you can't use them for performance work, that you can't put all the heart and effort and hard work into them, because you should. They will love you for it. Now, why I'm doing this here is a lot of people are, and especially in the service dog world, are considered to be breed biased because they view and have viewed hounds in such a way that most of them assume 
that they are not trainable, that they are not worthy, that they would not make good service dogs. And that is 100% false. It is completely false. The whole thing is, is you have to know how a scent hound brain works. A scent hound is not going to come up to you when you first meet them and say, hey, what can I do for you today? Absolutely not. A scent hound is going to go, do you have any food for me? Cool. What can I do to get that food? And if you tap into that brain and you earn that trust, you will have the most loyal dog you have ever been around. The caveat I'm going to say here is, do not ever be too harsh on a hound. If you have a hound and are looking for a trainer, you need to research, research, research. You need to ask questions of that trainer. You need to ask them how many hounds have they trained and how many of those hounds have titles. Because to me, earning a title on a hound and it is not a confirmation title really and truly does show the mark of a trainer because it means that that trainer knows how the hound brain works. The hound brain requires a sense of humor. It requires you to think on your feet. It requires you to come up with new ideas to keep them motivated because yeah, most hounds are not suited for your average dog owner who wants a lab or a golden or something like that that's going to be just easygoing and will want to do anything and everything for you. Hounds will do that with time and the right people. When I breed a litter and I put in my puppy application, how much hound experience have you had? There's a very, very, very good reason I ask for that. Because if you have experience training a hound, a scent hound for that matter, then you know the level of commitment it takes. And you understand that you have to celebrate those small, tiny victories. Now, with that said, I have put many, many, many titles on my hounds. I know how the hound brain works. And if someone is willing to put in the energy and wants a hound as a service dog and it's a responsibly bred hound and they work closely with the breeder and the breeder helps select the puppy that will work best for them, then I think it is a match made in heaven. A lot of hounds can be trained to do things that you would hardly believe are possible of a hound. And a lot of times, if you use the right motivation, they will pick up and retain information a lot faster than Goldens, German Shepherds, Labradors, and even Border Collies because the hound brain is designed to figure things out. It is a brain that is designed to help find and search and discover. So if you tap into that natural innate ability for them to discover something, then the whole world opens up to you. And if you make them feel like they have discovered something, then you've won. You've tapped into that brain. You know how that brain works. And once you have them, they will be like putty in your hands and they will do anything for you. 
Case in point. With Rolo, he's been pretty much my service dog consistently now. My primary service dog for going on four years. I got him in 2012, and it took him about two years to get him to the point where I was like, okay, he's he's ready to go out a little bit more, ready to go out a little bit more. And it's a progressive thing. And with Rolo, he's the type of dog that he's he's very headstrong, but he loves his people. And once you've tapped into that love and devotion that he has for his people, you are awesome. It's an amazing thing to have. And for him, going out and doing service dog work is the most fulfilling thing that he ever does. He would rather go out and be working than he would rather be weight pulling or in the confirmation rank or doing anything else. You put that service dog harness on him and he is a happy, happy, happy dog and realizes that he has a purpose. And that's the biggest thing is you give him a purpose and he's awesome. And with him, he retains information so quickly and understands what I need for him. And over this past weekend, we were up in D.C. seeing um, My Favorite Murder, the podcast, live. Which I love that podcast. And they're actually the, the inspiration as to why I do podcasts. Because I think it's a very wonderful medium. Um, but Rolo came along. Rolo has never ridden on a train, let alone a metro. Rolo has only done city walking and all of that. A few times when we've been in New York and Rolo is generally used to going to movie theaters but not really concerts and things like that because a lot of large crowds and noises and things like that are not things that I am particularly fond of. Well he handled every single one of those challenges in his stride and was still doing the job that I needed of him. Why? Because we have that bond. We have that devotion. He knows that I understand how his brain works and he knows that I am not gonna be too harsh on him. Once you are harsh with a hound, you will never, ever, ever get their trust again. They may feign trust, and that's, a, that's another thing, is hounds are very good at masking things. They'll mask pain. They will mask trust. And they will even fake happiness. And how you know that you have earned a hound's trust is if you can let them off of a leash in a safe environment, give them a come command, and they will come to you. That, to me, is a true mark of true devotion and how you know that you have that hound's trust and that you two are working as a team. If a hound just randomly goes off and goes running around, you don't have their trust. They could care less about you. They have no desire to be with you. Yes, they do have natural instincts to go hunt, but in most cases... If you look at the breed history, most scent hounds are selective hunters, meaning they should only 
go off and go exploring for that particular game. A foxhound should not randomly go chase after a deer. A beagle should not randomly chase after a deer. A beagle should chase hare and rabbit. A harrier, hare and rabbit. Hamilton's hare, rabbit, fox, and other predator type that are fox-like. Hamilton should never, ever, ever go after a deer. The only time that that happens is when people who do not know their breed and their specific breed use them incorrectly. I know this is controversial because we live in Virginia and people use whatever hound they can find on deer here in Virginia. That is not appropriate. A scent hound is a selective hunter. They should not have a blind prey drive. They should have a selective prey drive. Every single scent hound should have a selective prey drive. With that said, if a hound goes off and it's just like, wee, and it has no desire to come back to you, then you're not doing your job. You do not have that dog's trust and admiration and love and devotion. But if that hound goes, holy shit, I have found something, let me go get it, then they are doing their breach job, so you should never, ever, ever punish them for it. The only instance is if it becomes a safety hazard to them. If it is a safety issue, then sure, come back, restrain them, do what you need to do. But if it's a situation of, holy crap, I'm free, woohoo, then no, they don't care about you. Once you have that hound's trust and devotion, then you will have the best dog you have ever had in your life. And to me, that is why I honestly and truly believe that a scent hound can make and should make a good service dog. If a trainer says to you that hounds cannot be trained, that hounds are stubborn, that hounds never do well in XYZ, or that hounds make terrible service dogs, find a new trainer because they don't know what they're talking about. They have no clue about hounds. A scent hound is totally, totally, totally different than a Border Collie, Lab, or Golden Retriever. Scent hound brain is not wired to say, hey, what can I do to make you happy? Scent hound brain is, let's find something that makes both of us happy. And once you've tapped into that, let's find something that makes both of us happy, great. Because think about it. Hounds have been developed for thousands, scent hounds have been developed for over a thousand years to work with hunters. And the old expression, and I'm going to credit Rita Mae Brown because I don't know who else said it, but I read it in a book, one of her books, and I've never forgotten it. And that is, if you don't trust your hound, don't hunt it. What that means to me is if you do not trust your scent hound, then you should go back to work on that dog and make sure 
that it can do what you want it to do. And do it in a way that makes both of you happy. A sad scent hound can be spotted for miles away. Because they have those pleading eyes and they will put on that puppy dog face and will even give what I like to call the Sarah McLaughlin I'm being tortured face and come call the ASPCA. And it's just one of those things where you know a sad hound, but the owners immediately know when a hound is happy. Why? You'll see that sparkle in their eyes. You'll see that intentness. You'll see just something about them changes. And when I'm out with Rolo, something about him changes. He looks to me as if like, I am here for you, mommy. I've got you. I'm going to make sure that everything is fine. And to me, that's exactly what you want in a service dog. You want a service dog that is thinking four or five steps ahead of you. You don't want a service dog that's going, what can I do for you today? And totally blindly looking up at you for commands. No, no. You want a service dog who knows their commands and inside and out and then goes and does them, doesn't look for praise, and then just keeps it on moving. That is a good service dog. And to me, I'd rather have a hound be my service dog than a lab or a golden or a doodle or anything like that any other day. Because in my mind, if I've got a hound by my back, by my side, I have nothing to worry about. So, are hounds good service dogs? Sure they are. For the right people who know what they're doing and understand a hound and can encourage that hound to be the absolute best that they can be. And they will love you forever and ever and ever for it. So, Michael's at work. This is just me rambling, one of our raw tidbits. And um, rate, review, subscribe. Um, some of our raw tidbits we're going to have, we will be discussing some controversial information in the dog world. So if you've got beef with that, tough, don't really care. These are our opinions. So again, rate, review, subscribe. Go hug your dog.